Welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we break down her lyrics, deep dive into full album retrospectives, and theorise about what may be coming next. As always, we are your hosts, Lisa and Cameron, and in this episode we'll be reacting to the 3am and deluxe tracks from the Midnight's album, breaking them down and ranking our top five. After last time in which we reacted and broke down and analysed all of the standard tracks for the Midnight's album, we're now going to be getting into those 3am tracks, which, and also the deluxe ones, there's a lot going on, like, none of us expected any of this, it was such a surprise, when she said chaotic surprise, she really, really meant it. I, think... I didn't expect this. Yeah, I, I don't did think not expect, any like, of us. basically another album. No. It basically is. Like, obviously, the 3am tracks, there's seven of them. If we count the deluxe tracks that are on the Lavender Target exclusive, deluxe, we have Hits Different and then two remixes. So that makes 10 tracks. 10 extra tracks is basically another album. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I... Because where we'd had the deluxe announcement with the Target edition with Hits Different and the mm. two remixes, that was just... The, I thought, oh, yeah, that's the deluxe version. There's yeah. not really going to be... That's anything it. else so then to get that 3am edition was like what like i just remember i i remember messaging you being like there's more songs and i was like <laughs> I, I, was can't, just like, I haven't processed i barely processed yeah it i was, was probably on like listen three maybe not even that and then it was like oh my god i've now got like all the... i hadn't even really remembered the sound or lyric like lyrics hadn't really stuck or melodies hadn't really properly stuck at that point let alone then being given all of these other tracks that i didn't after about four listens, I still hadn't really remembered what all the names were of the deluxe no, tracks. It's... It was so much content to kind of digest. And it's only really now, that after a week or so, that I feel like I've properly been able to digest. Definitely. Standard 3am and also the Target song. Definitely. So yeah, it is kind of a lot. Yeah, it is. And I'm glad that we did give ourselves a few days to kind of process everything before reacting to it because at the beginning everything kind of just like merged into one big ball for me she really meant it when she said like these are the three m tracks like midnight's is oh, deep yeah. but these are even deeper like these are oh yeah you stayed up in the night and now you're having these thoughts and they're just like it's a deep hole let's just say that something that none of us expected however some of these tracks are absolutely amazing i'm so glad that she did this can you imagine not being able to have these tracks oh yeah 100 percent. it would obviously we'd never know but it adds so much more and like the quality of these is so high that you can totally understand why the 3am version was released because if i was taylor and i had these songs i would think like i can't just never put these out and, right. and the thing that it makes me think and obviously thankfully with taylor's versions we are getting those but it is almost like what's what other songs are there that just never made the album that I know desperately I deserve know. to? It makes because even when you think of one hundred percent, and when you think of like Red Taylor's versions, some of the, like nothing new and stuff like that. Like I know. you just think, how the hell didn't that make the standard edition of Red or even the deluxe edition of Red? And then Bade Better Man, like the fact you know, it's just mental. It's exciting that it's almost like yeah, getting and Taylor even said that, that yeah. with the kind of the release of the Vault tracks and stuff that she really liked showing you that the entire creative experience and you know other, other stuff side. that was mm. being created yeah so i'm really glad that she's done this so um, and then it makes me think what stuff was like left off of evermore folklore lover i do kind of think that lover like considering like from lover onwards because obviously 
prior to that we are eventually going to get vault tracks we think but from lover yeah. onwards i do think that she kind of did include as much as she possibly could lover is a very mm. long album anyway we know of two cut yeah. songs as we said in our reputation vault track episode we might we might get and if there's a bit of crossover for Maybe. folklore and evermore i do think evermore is the vault tracks or, uh, you know what i mean like evermore includes yeah, the I vault tracks that. to some sense of folklore carolina could also be kind of interpreted Deemed as a folk track yeah as folklore, a folklore yeah. track yeah and i was thinking um only the young is technically a lover one as well that's true in a way she has christmas time. tree farm like she's just been making things yeah. and, dropping <laughs> and the, the the thing about taylor like you said the quality is so high that these songs are literally as good as if not better than yeah. some of what many artists would consider the standard Okay, so now we're going to get into all of these songs and go one by one, giving our reactions, opinions, breaking them down, starting off with The Great Wall, which, what an amazing song. I love this oh, song. Oh, I love this song. Yeah, it, it's just such a good addition. It, it's just the, the level of lyricism, the metaphor that she creates, amazing. What did you think about it when you first heard it? First listen, yeah, absolutely loved. I could just instantly tell that it was an Aaron kind of production. Right. It feels very evermore. I just love it. I really, really love it. And I love the, in the chorus, the like, uh, us. In, yeah. I don't know. I just really love the production. And it does feel, it feels a bit more experimental. And I think maybe that's why it was left off of Midnight's. It feels kind of, even though I don't, like, I actually really like Closure now, but initially was a bit taken back by the Closure's production. Great War is almost like the Closure track of Midnight's, that the production's a little bit like, oh, this is a bit different. Mm. But I really love it. And Aaron, I think, just does a gorgeous job. And I'm so glad that I know. with these 3 a.m. tracks we got Aaron, Aaron tracks my because... beloved yes yeah it's, it's, I this love song him. is definitely them at their best the combination of Taylor and Aaron working together but just Aaron oh, Desner the way that he produces songs and and whatever he does and whatever part that he has in making these songs is just it's just so good yeah and the metaphors and stuff that Taylor always kind of in her lyrics with Aaron tracks are just yes. so gorgeous. That's and I what think I was going to say. In general, out. the 3AM yeah. tracks are much more metaphorical and they yeah. they do bridge this gap between the folk more, folklore evermore tracks and Midnight's tracks. Yeah, the ones that she does with Aaron are just the metaphors that she goes to. I don't know, there's something that them working together, her creative, like the lyricism that she comes up with is so creative. It's just so good. I love it. I really do love it. And where do you think this kind of fits um, in with in the midnights of Taylor's life? The Great War itself tells the story through obviously a metaphorical veil of a war, mm -hmm. but it is essentially a fight between lovers and mm -hmm. the drama of it all, you know, turning it into the Great War, equivalating it yep. to this massive fight and the way that she goes through it is just so good but yeah i would say that this is probably i obviously relate this to afterglow because yes, that's i would exactly say that I was gonna say. it probably they're probably talking about that same moment so i would say somewhere around the lover era pre-lover era yeah me too i was thinking maybe even pre-reputation maybe when yeah right at the beginning because um, taylor even even within like cornelia street she said that um she mentions about like how she thought at the start of the relationship that it, he was just kind of playing games and she right. kind of bolted it, tried yeah. to bolt it. So yeah, I think I was kind of getting, yeah, Afterglow, that bit in Cornelia Street, and maybe I feel like this would be something that you would feel maybe at the start, or maybe not right at the start of a relationship, but earlier on, mm. maybe yeah. three, four months in, you know, kind Definitely, of Definitely, so because kind of we get it. kind of her insecurities 
creeping in and affecting that relationship where she hasn't really established what kind of a person he is and how the relationship is going to move forward yeah I agree with you there I do think it, it has been explored a lot in Lover, but it's probably more of a beginning stage. But also I love After the Bridge, one of my favourite kind of sections is the We Plant a Memory Garden, Say yes. a Solemn Prayer, Place a Poppy in poppy My Hair, in my and then hair. it says We Will Never Go Back, and then it's like To the Bloodshed. I, I really love the, it's the so kind of good. The, progression I, of it. Yeah, and I love the way that we had this in a lot of Taylor songs, and we're going to see it a couple of times in the 3AM songs, where she changes things in the pre-chorus so the storytelling mm. makes sense. Because obviously we're going to go back into the chorus of Bloodshed, Crimson Clover. To be able to justify that, like you just said, we will never go back to, and then she can sing that part again. That is so mm. such good songwriting, like where you can follow this story and it kind of switches up these little lines to make it all make sense and all tie itself together in this perfect little bow. Just to get into I... that extended metaphor and like the, the words that she uses. Obviously, she uses a lot of semantic fields about war. It's just amazing how she's taken all of this vocabulary Even and adapted it. Even the thing of the poppies. It. Yes, um, that's another that thing. Bridge. She uses three different flowers. So at the beginning, mm. her knuckles are bruised like violets, which is a very visual image. Obviously, we have crimson and clover, which mm. apart from being a clever kind of combination of words it could be related to crimson and clover the war song the vietnam war song by tommy jones and the shondles which i don't Gosh. know of but just that like Neither do I. It, it adds another layer which is so interesting and then yes as you said we have the poppy reference which obviously is like a one to remember first world war and then it's just after that she says there's no morning glory which is another flower it was war it wasn't mm. fair amazing yeah, it, it, she's just so clever and one of my again one of my other favorite lyrics is but diesel is desire you were playing with fire i just yes. love the way that it's like it just shows the kind of danger that's the thing i love with taylor is something so simple like a normal person would just be like you were just being a bit dangerous or you were being a bit reckless mm, yeah taylor says in such a poet yeah you were kind of you know walking Close on the daggers line. it was yeah. you know yeah <laughs> you know you're in danger a bit but Taylor just always says it in such a poetic way, you know, but Diesel is desire, you are playing with fire. It's just, I don't know, I just yeah. just really admire her songwriting so, so much. And I think this is a real, real standout. And one that I think is being slightly overlooked. Definitely. I'm not I'm, really I'm, seeing much love for the Great War at the moment. I've started to see people get into it more because it is a lot to take in. Every single line means something different. You said it, it, it takes a minute and obviously I think another big thing is moving from those standard tracks to the 3am tracks is a bit of a leap. It really is. Yeah. The next song on the 3am tracks is Bigger Than The Whole Sky, which again is a heart-wrenching song. It really, really is. It's difficult oh, yeah. in the same vein that Ronan and Soon Soon You'll Get Better are, are difficult to listen to. This is the same for me. It's just so sad. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's it's just even just the kind of, even just the opening of like no words, just the thing of like you just there's just nothing left to say mm. and that image of salt streams out of my eyes and into my ears it's just you can then picture that person on the floor in tears and they're kind of tears yeah not even wiping away because no, they're so it distraught is so, it is so heartbreaking and and then even one of the lines that says like oh, so i'll say words i don't believe goodbye goodbye it's just right. every time i listen it just gives me goosebumps because it's so incredibly sung but also the message is just so kind of poignant and sad but it is a real tough one to listen to and sometimes if i'm not in the mm. mood i do have to skip it 
but it is it is it's just very emotionally taxing i can imagine it was very emotionally taxing for her to sing as well the song itself Mm. talks about you know loss the effects that come after an untimely death and just asking yourself like why why did this happen did could i have done something to stop this from happening which obviously is something that's beyond our control especially the message being conveyed here but that doesn't stop you from asking yourself these questions like did some force take you because i didn't pray did some bird flap its wings over asia like is this the butterfly effect yeah no it is it is just so sad but again is a really strong lyrical song and and i'm seeing a lot of love for this song i think a lot of people Mm. have really been kind of touched by this and i think it can relate to lots of different experiences situations of loss yeah like whether that's loss of relationship end of relationship loss of you know family friends you know kind of it it just relates to all sorts of things Um, and obviously death yeah Um, of course so yeah it's it's a really kind of universal i think emotion and it's just so poetically put as ever by taylor everything is just so gorgeously written and this one is definitely one that the standard is so high that this for most normal artists would be deemed a standard track because it's so well this would be not just a standard track i think this would be deemed like a, a standout track standout, you know what i mean 100 percent. you know rather than just like a casual oh yeah mm. here's some more tracks yeah they so did a really, really good really job really on this one to you know approach such a touchy subject in such a beautiful way really this one and dear reader both of them to me read a lot like poetry like not just lyrics oh yeah like they're literal they're literal poems which we'll get into more when we reach dear reader which is interesting yeah mm. yeah exactly yeah let say that's interesting because of a, another lyric later on but yeah mm. i do agree that yeah i i would love for taylor to write like a poetry book or something like that like kelsey ballerini did um mm. a poetry book that was almost like it was a po- it was all poems there it was nothing but that but they were like poems about her life and stuff that she hasn't discussed and it was almost like a autobiography in the form of a poetry book it was just so incredible I, I I'm not someone that really likes poetry I've always kind of been a bit I don't know I've much preferred even though songwriting and poetry is basically the same thing it's just one has a melody for some reason I've just always been a bit oh not too sure about it but I absolutely adore mm. Kelsey, Kelsey's poetry book and read it often I think it's such a cool way of doing an autobiography in a very creative way and someone that's a songwriter is obviously incredibly creative anyway so I would love for Taylor to do something like that Lana Del Rey's also done it herself I think she's released a poetry book um, a spoken yeah. word book I think that was so I would love for Taylor to do something like that and now moving from one song that's very heart-wrenching we go into a very very different one like she gave me lover tracklist type of whiplash yes from bigger than the whole yes. sky into paris which is our next song paris yeah yeah we're gonna get into this one so last time mm-hmm. around i had to convince you or kind of defend a couple of songs and this time around it's your turn because paris exactly. i know you love for me yeah. it's just not a fave I don't know. I don't know why. Because I loved Paris before I knew that it was a prop. Because I remember being saying to you, like, Mm. why is everyone not liking Paris? Like, I was just like, what? Have I. Because I liked it from first listen. There was no, like, like with Taylor, obviously her discography as she is which i'm really glad that she's done as she's done recently is kind of split it into three different kind of categories those is glitter gel pen songs and obviously those are just kind of fun pop moments with things like shake it off you know Mm. gorgeous and me i would also classify as one of those and some of them are good some of them you know 
we can debate. But I think that Paris is just the perfect example of that. It just, I think people are taking it, I think because Taylor's songwriting is so kind of complex and metaphorical that people overanalyze stuff. And sometimes it's just nice to just have a song that it's just not fun. It hasn't yeah. really got too much to say. It's I not, think you don't so. have to overly think about it. It's just a fun song that, you know, you just enjoy listening to and has a nice be you know not everything has to be like deep and yeah 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 yeah. sometimes you can just listen to a song just because it's fun to listen to and I think that for me I just quite liked Paris I quite like the first verse with the like some wannabesy lister and just the way she pronounced stuff was quite fun and then even just the kind of pre-chorus of like I'm so in love that I might stop breathing it's just so overly dramatic and I Mm. just kind of I don't know I just quite liked it like I'm not trying to make out like it's Taylor's best song ever the chorus itself is a little bit bland i'm not gonna lie that's probably my least favorite part of the song it's just like like we were in paris like we were somewhere else like we were in paris it's yeah that i can see you know yeah it's not her most lyrically rich song but it's just quite fun i just think it's quite fun and i think that people maybe are just taking it a bit too yeah no i do get exactly what you mean and it is a song that i guess it's because of the contrast of what comes before and what comes after that it kind of you just kind of get it and it's just like oh okay 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 we're in the lover era for a second which is fine it's fine and i get it and i have seen i have to say a lot of love and a lot of defense toward this track and i do get it it is sweet again it has that progression that taylor progression where she changes slight lyrics and just changes the whole song which I absolutely love and I do think it's really sweet like she's imagining they were in Paris she's imagine drawing this imaginary map on his uh ceiling and then Which they end up back to a lyric in Lavender Haze actually yeah staring, staring at the ceiling with you oh my gosh yeah and then they end up actually in Paris in, in the Paris, in the streets yeah. and we know that that's a true thing like that we we have pictures from the love era where yeah she and Joe are in Paris and they do look like they're having a really sweet and lovely time and this is yeah. the proof of that it is really, mm. really sweet, and I do like it. Like it is not. It is a complex song, even though it is a gel pen song. You know, it, it goes yeah. to gel oh, pen. Yeah. It doesn't and mean that it's bad. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think for me, it was just the contrast of it all. I've seen some people. I've seen some people though say that they've like blocked it on their Spotify. Oh wow! So like, no, will not come up. We need to have like, a bit of fun sometimes. Come on. Yeah, it's like they're like it's the worst Taylor Swift song ever. And I'm like, that's a no, little bit dramatic. There's a certain lead single from the Lover era <laughs> oh, <we won't> get <laughs> takes that. that spot. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's a little bit dramatic. You know, we haven't got any spelling his fun moments on this. No. It's actually quite good fun. And, and, and it... this is coming from someone that normally yeah. hates little bit. I was about to say, pen, I think I mean? it, like, it proves stay, the stay, point stay, where not my you're... Vibe. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the one who's hating and you're the one who's out here defense yeah. squad. Because usually it's the other yeah. way around with this type of like romantic-y, lovey-dovey song. But even so, I just really do think it's really sweet. And you can tell she's having so much fun. Like the way, like what you said, the way she's pronouncing words, like, and not the kind that's thrown. I mean, the kind under where a tree has grown. Yeah, she's quite sassy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And even the the bridge where it's like, I want to brainwash you into loving me forever. I don't know. It just, the lyrics, yeah, they are quite like fun and, you know, kind of you know not overly deep and it kind of just reminds me a little bit of like very early unreleased taylor songs where it's just kind of like oh i love you so much i can understand and i i do think there is a place for paris in midnights and in general in her discography because we need this type of song like Mm. it's true and imagine if she you know 
tours in uh, when she announces eventually the tour and if she tours in paris how cool that would be to sing a song like this in this paris, moment is you know? going to be the london boy of france it's going to be amazing for them like yeah i don't think it should so be cool. on standard set list at all like do not put paris on the standard set list because as much as i enjoy it there's just so much there there's just so much to choose other songs from <laughs> would, yeah yeah there's a hundred million other songs i would much prefer to have on the set list but if she's going to be in paris this has got to be played because it's so fun it's like when she played welcome to new york um for the yeah. amazon prime show it really is moving on to the next song on the 3am tracks it's high infidelity another very very heavy loaded song it's a banger i love it interesting song yes very interesting again another aaron track. yes oh i just adore Which them together interesting this one again the honesty is just on another level like generally i don't know i was i was quite i was quite shocked when i first heard this song i was just kind of like yeah. oh okay this it really is and it's funny because of all the rumors going around at the moment and the easter eggs that we know of mm. for speak now taylor's version i do yes. think midnight's is so similar to speak now both of them yeah because it's almost like yeah the things that you didn't say isn't yeah, it? yeah it's like things that you didn't say or things that you're thinking about at midnights which include a lot of things that you may not have said but both of them are albums that are best consumed as whole both mm-hmm. of them are very emotionally laid bare albums both of them are very lyrically driven albums although midnights does have a very very different production i think there's a lot of similarities between them and it makes sense about what may may be coming whenever it does yeah this one is such a such a honest song and it just goes to show how much she trusts aaron with her music just as much as she trusts jack at this point i think and give us a date yeah it's very speak now yes (laughs) do you really want to know where i was april 29th which is the release date of this is what you came for. Yes, yeah. Which is very interesting. She mm. couldn't have been more kind of obvious about no. what this is discussing. Oh, yeah. Mm. And the honesty, you know, like high yeah. fidelity. She was honest. Like, and then it's, I just love how she's just like, what, do you want me to like draw out the constellation in his eyes? Like, do you need me to tell you how exactly. he brought it back? You, like, is it not obvious enough? You yeah. know, like, is it not obvious enough that you were just like killing me on the inside and this man's kind of was the opposite? Like, people are also suggesting that obviously April 29th may also be the night when Taylor and her current boyfriend, obviously yep. Joe, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. met for the first time yep. or one of the first times. I think it was Gigi Hadid's yeah, 21st birthday party. Yeah. So there's a lot that this kind of, I think because. As we discussed in our last episode, this period in Taylor's life, Met Gala, 2016 Met Gala, that moment in time is honestly the most pivotal time in Taylor's kind of career, especially, and then kind of general life, because so much happened, obviously, with Calvin, Tom, Joe, then Mm. all of the Kanye, Kim stuff. Mm. It's just really interesting what happened and i think that high evident because it's so complicated that year that 2016 mm. the summer of the apocalypse i think that high Infidel, it's just really interesting to kind of get another song i know that lots of people have been like oh she keeps writing songs about that time it's like yeah because so much happened and exactly. weirdly she hasn't actually mentioned it that much no all we've really had is like getaway car that's yeah. kind of the only and it's thing a way that for actually her mentions to process it i really do think she needs to process it and this is just like i think this song and the next song glitch that's so so much related yeah yeah it's obvious that she's going to keep going back to this time in her life because it's a way for her to process it she's never like this is our introduction to except for what i said in our last episode our proper introduction to the main subject or one of the subjects of this song during reputation she never breached the subject of her relationship with calvin harris and it makes sense because it must have been so raw and 
even though she was in a much happier place by the time reputation rolled around, you know? Well, the fact that even in, like, Miss Americana, she said that when she won yeah. that Grammy, she, was on her she own, got really. to the top and looked around and was like, I'm by myself, there's no one that I've done this with. And, you know, and she was in a relationship at the time, and that's just so sad. Yeah. But what I do quite like about the lyrics is just the, the even that even though, obviously, it's discussing something that is slightly controversial, mm. she just palms it off. I just love the way that it's just like, yeah, get over it. Like, yeah. you treated me like crap yeah so what did you expect <laughs> so yeah guess what i moved on with my life like yeah get and i just love that yeah i was dancing around which is kind of a slight kind of hint to that infamous met gala video so yeah i really like high infidelity it's not definitely one of my favorites oh no on... that's it is for um, me i think it's such a good really song. yeah really? i mean again she's using so much metaphor and imagery this time from music very purposefully of course because we know you know yeah. it's, it's about a musician in the end so high infidelity is a play on words from high fidelity which is hi-fi which is you know that the highest mm. level of recordings yeah then we have dancing around the truth which obviously plays around with dancing around the truth but also yeah. like you said physically dancing put on your records and regret me obviously records put on your headphones and burn my city which she pronounces very similarly to burn my cd again just that uh, little play on words the way that she's talking about so much musical musical the semantic field of music it just yeah. elevates this another level for me and then of course we get the marriage rumors yes in here again yes good husband which is, dragged my feet mm, right down the aisle which or, is interesting yeah that this is a, a recurring theme yeah is this kind of you know forced rejected proposal yeah and rejection yeah which is interesting um and might just be again something that is just more of a lyrical description yeah, like a dramatization a clear way of, of describing something yeah mm. exactly yeah but I do but think a lot was expected from her in that relationship. It was her longest relationship. And at as she time, said, yeah. it seemed like the right thing at the time. But going forward, you know, she realized you were keeping count it of all really of these wasn't. things. Your picket fence is sharp as knives. Yeah, it's, it's such a telling song. And one last thing, the lyrical parallels or the parallels in general with Ivy gave me chills yes like, yes i never even thought of that you're, yeah. especially about the burning exactly and, yeah. yes yes and your your opal eyes are all i wish to see and then here we have do you really want me to chart the constellation in his eyes constellation in his eyes oh my god yes i never thought of that it's the same story but told through different metaphors and, le and kind of more plainly but if you listen to them yeah. both it, it really just goes to show how much folklore and evermore though they were kind of marketed as oh no it's just stories of other people's lives you know it's mm. characters they had so much of her in in them they really did oh 100 i think that that would be almost impossible not to mm. you know so for someone that basically her whole life has written incredibly autobiographical yeah. songs and that's how she copes with feeling stuff it would be almost impossible even though obviously majority of those songs are kind of more fictional there is mm. elements of Taylor, and I think that, especially with Evermore, I think Evermore much more so than Folklore, mm. um, Taylor is definitely weaved into those tracks way more than mm. I think that people realise. Because um, obviously what she can do is pull from personal experience and then expand on that and then create a character from that experience that maybe is a more dramatic experience than the one she had or 
be like, oh, okay, so I felt that way about that. So if this person was going through that, they would feel, you know, I think that, yeah, that's 100% true. Of, and, I, and I feel like, especially in folklore as well, but personally, I do feel like Evermore for me, mm. um, Taylor, it's a lot more, has a lot more kind of Taylor kind of stories weaved into those fictional ones in right. comparison to folklore obviously certain things like you know nobody no crime <laughs> definitely not <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know later on i think second half of the album definitely on evermore is a lot more personal than people next up we have glitch so what's your opinions about this one i like i did like glitch again it's not i understand why this one um is a 3am and not a standard personally okay. and i do like it but I don't know, for me, at the moment, it's not a favourite. It's really not. In comparison to the other tracks that we've discussed so far, right, okay. this one is probably a least favourite at the moment. The little jump scare. I love that bit. There's I a little jump scare. Bit. I'm like, oh my god, every time. I think um, this one you can tell is a Jack Antonoff track as well, because I find yes. that with Jack tracks, the production is so very much related to the lyrics and how you know, like what she's talking about. So in this one, obviously mm. we have, she thinks there's been a glitch. Like there's been a moment where she shouldn't have ended up with who she ended up with, but she was lucky mm. enough, lucky enough too. And it must've been some, something's gone wrong, which is funny because it directly contrasts with Mastermind where she says, no, nah, I planned it all. This was my yeah. design. But this also, I find so weird. there's been it's a the glitch. Triangle of like, <laughs> yeah, I find it so weird that triangle with yeah, mastermind and then um, invisible string I, yeah, glitch. Yeah, because yeah. they all contradict each other, like all of them totally. Because it's like invisible string, as we mentioned in the last episode, is fate. like oh, um, all along, yeah, there was this fate. We were linked together, and our strings were going to meet, and that you know that was like part of fate. Then mastermind was like actually i planned it all mm. that's why we're together then and glitch then two is minutes like later, oh i didn't really want to be i never expected you know this I mean? it must this. be fake and then it, it was can't like, be real it happened yeah, yeah. It, oops it happened and i'm like oh thank god for that happening you know mm. so it's just weird that she kind of has but i think to be fair they do still that. work because i think it's like invisible string is like yeah they met they didn't meet then from that point onwards is mastermind she was like okay i want this to work and mm. then glitch was like oh my god it has worked she's exploring this through different different lenses and through different ways yeah. of explaining it and the way that it's so well explained in every single song it just makes sense like you know that she's told this story before but you still get extra little parts of the story you still get like little things that she adds that makes the song so much different to the other ones so like you said just yeah. those three songs they're just so different in tone in lyrical content in the metaphors used but yeah they're telling you the same story really how I feel about Glitch is that it's gorgeous, but just even yeah. drunker. Like, <laughs> she's gone into yeah, the deep yeah. part of the night where she's not just, yeah. like, messing around, like, haha, your accent. Now she's like, oh my god. And when she sings that first verse, it even sounds like she's a bit, like, slurry. Depending we on what's in my system. Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. And another lyric that I really love is the the it's been 2190 days of our love which is like so such a random. psychotic yeah, yeah it really like, is I it's know, like exactly. i counted every single day yeah, yeah it's like it's like yeah 2198 days and 23 minutes you know like it is just like oh my god she's keeping count which is interesting because obviously the song before it's like oh i didn't realize you were keeping count 
but it's a very and different type of keeping with, count of course yeah like and then it links with things like that's so it so goes good. which is like one two three you know oh what i mean like God, that's so uh, good know, it, it's interesting that there's a lots of counting going on yes and for very different reason oh my god i hadn't realized yes. that the contrast between yeah. them and one being after the other that's amazing yep but and then it's obviously equivalents to like was it six years of their relationship and yeah. it was almost like i swear when the release of midnight the 2198 days of their love was literally like 20 something days before midnight's was released or something ridiculous which is interesting because it could she might have just been estimating or like doing around six yeah. years because it is their six-year anniversary but it could also mean that she wrote it around that period and perhaps these 3am tracks were indeed a continuation of work but one that she didn't expect to kind of release at this time. And that's why, for example, we haven't got physicals as of yet. I really yeah, do hope we're getting maybe. them. I'd love to know. I would love, love, love to know the what kind of started, what was kind of the first song that was written, and then what kind of the order, the chronological order of when these songs were written, because I'd just be really intrigued about, yeah, what came when and how long ago certain stuff was done or if stuff was done more recently. Um, so, yeah, it is very interesting, all of that time kind of span of when it was written track 19 on the 3am edition of midnights is would have could have should have which was very surprising to hear yes. I, I couldn't believe what i was hearing honestly i first listen it just it went over me and i didn't really realize and mm. then it was only until i kind of um went Processed. online and was like oh my god <laughs> how the, the hell didn't i pick up on that and yet and now obviously it's like you, you know what i mean it couldn't be more obvious like speak now taylor is alive and well oh she and, had something to say know, she, she had like, something actually, to say she i honestly think she was re-recording speak now and was like actually yeah this I've was way, wrong yeah, i've got way yeah. more to say this was not fair this was not appropriate no i would why was i the one that was then gaslighted yeah and told you know oh i was know, in the wrong that's cheap songwriting you know what i mean like all of Disgusting. that imagine calling Disgusting. dear john cheap songwriting embarrassing no, I'm, um <laughs> I, I could like it makes me so angry the way that she was treated not just by the in the relationship but also from the outside like this man was 32 and she was 19 yeah 19. like why she why was no one was ager. exactly yeah, no one was up in arms about this i don't understand yeah exactly and i'm so glad that she's actually been like no that that was not appropriate mm. i'm i just wish that i hadn't have gone with that and i wish that you know and and yeah. again this is this is the clearest song where i've kind of said before in the previous episode and this episode about that midnights is all about that a lot of it is really interesting because it's about looking back as a more grown person with Definitely. more experience on a situation and would have could have shivered is the epitome of that mm. with looking back and being like no that is not appropriate like why did you do that and i think that bridge where she says like give me back my girlhood it was oh. mine first it's just so heartbreaking like because it is it's like you took that away from someone yeah and uh, yeah i just yeah. yeah yeah you threw her into it's... this world that mm. it, it was just not she wasn't ready for it like and it, the way that that lyric is also worded, it is kind of like, in a way, like childish, like quote unquote, like give it back to oh, me. Yeah. It was mine first. Like, you first, know what I mean? Yeah. When you're fighting with someone when you're yeah. smaller and you said that was mine first. Yeah. And it links with other lyrics of like, and if I was a child, did it matter if you got to wash your hands? Exactly. You know I mean? Like I you got love... away with it and I was tainted by the whole experience. Yeah. 
100%. And and then all the like kind of things of death, of like poison, mm. dancing with the devil, a lot of God's honest. It's religious, religious imagery. Yeah. yeah. This one is yeah. like the previous ones have all had this Im- these images in them. This one lends itself to religious imagery, which is so interesting. All I used to do was pray, dance with the devil. It felt like heaven. God rest my soul. Uh, I could have gone along with the righteous. Your crisis of my faith. It has a lot of religious imagery, which, you know, you you can kind of understand why being that age and, you know, talking about the themes that it does talk about. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that final outro. Oh, my God. It's just so good. Like, I just love it the way that she says it. Um, It's just the anger. Heartbreaking, this song. The anger. It's It's heartbreaking, but it's angry. Yeah, because it's just like, why did you do this? Like you, and I love as well, you know, the kind of saying of like, oh, you know, whenever someone's accused of something, especially Mm. a man, well, a man, um, it's always like, oh, but, you know, a promising young man, like they had so much potential and now they've kind of gone and screwed it. I love that it's like, on a promising grown, grown man, like, you should have you known. Old enough, yeah. You were Links old to dear John. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I love, I love the parallels. I love the honesty, and I think, yeah, she had every right to say this because it was inappropriate. That relationship was inappropriate, and I'm glad that she's looked back and been like, that was not right. What you did, mm. and then I think just the fallout of it was just not right either. The fact that, you know. Well, I she think... was still 19 and exactly. people still being like, oh, you know, you've done Slut shaming her. Like, yeah, 100%, 100%. As she said in that Vogue uh, 73 question, so she said that you, you'll become a national right, um, lightning rod for slut shaming, which is true. Mm. And I just think it's so sad that and this I do honestly to 19 think... year old. Yeah, and I do honestly think Dear John was, because it was so honest, laid bare, I mean, it has the name in the song, but yeah. obviously in a very clever way. obviously does relate to the Dear John yeah, Letters, yeah. Dear John Letter, yeah. Uh, but the way that that song, it seems kind of was the spark towards a lot of criticism towards her. Oh, she only writes about breakups. Oh, she'll be with you Exes, to write yeah. a breakup song about you. Yeah. Oh, be careful with her. Which was amped up by Dear John himself. I'm sorry, but it, it was. Oh. Like, he... Oh, yeah to write her uh, an email and say oh you know whatever it's cheap songwriting and and to be so angry about it no deal with the the consequences of what you did to a 19 year old yeah all she did was say dear john all she did was write this song and then all he's done continually is dissed her songwriting even in the lover era yeah he was joking about the song lover and it's just like who do you think you are like lover is like one of the best lyrically written songs like she wrote the entirety of speak now by herself as yep. a teenager so I, and... i'm so glad that she's kind of got the final word again of actually no yeah before i release speak now which is probably going to have loads of vault tracks which is about to, to end well. you anyway yeah i'm also going to just mention that this but was not appropriate and i, I agree. the funny thing of it all is that would have could have should have has just debuted on the billboard chart at like 20 or something like that is in the tw- mm. top 20 and mr john mayer hasn't had a top 20 track since about 2009 so yeah it is interesting and i, I think what's so sad is that obviously this happened to 19 year old taylor and then yeah. we know what happened to 21 year old taylor literally the next relationship after i know it's just like oh poor girl couldn't catch a break and it's she so couldn't. and it's so lovely that's what i think that's then so lovely about songs like paris is that, that is true 
now the contrast she has these just songs that are, you know and she's with someone that treats her lovely and it's just it's just fun and nice you know what i mean rather than anything that's you know very kind of toxic but i do mm. just love this song because it does feel it does feel very speak now just Definitely. even though kind of aaron produced it just the way that it's sung the open honesty of the lyrics and the time stamp um of the age as well i don't know mm-hmm. i just i really 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 love would have should have could have and i think that this song is probably one of the ones that i'm like why isn't this on the standard it's incredible like, but i do so think good. it is a very she's deeply hurt by this understandably mm. so and i think that it was it's so laid bare that it must have been scary to even put it on the 3am tracks honestly oh yeah i think that yeah from someone that for three years has been very kind of has taken a step back. back from writing very honest songwriting and then obviously with the release of red unfortunately because that is a very the majority of the album is about a very specific relationship and as she said obviously these are not paternity tests and it's not about who it is or isn't about but at the end of the day it's very clear <laughs> who it is or isn't about and her emotions towards that are very clear um it must be then i think then the release of red maybe would have been quite hard maybe on someone that had taking Definitely. a step back from all of that because obviously it then pulls back pulls up previous relationships and with the release of speak now it's obviously gonna it's pull gonna up. happen yeah but yeah, i think she's more adept, adapt to like she's adapted herself to be able to do so now and Deal i, I think and, in and a way she's it's in a really different helpful. place yeah yeah exactly i think that it's good to rewrite the narrative and i think that yeah with the release of taylor's versions and the release of midnight she can kind of rewrite it and be like no actually this yeah. is th- yeah. with more growth I've realised that this is the situation. Rather than just being in a heartbroken situation. Yeah, and being like, like no. I'm shining like fireworks over your sad empty yeah. town. But actually you left a, a scar on me that has lasted a, a long time. The last song that we have on the 3am edition of Midnight's is Dear Reader. Which we mentioned this. But to come back to it, I do think it's the most poetic of the songs in general on on this album but in general like the whole discography of taylor i don't know it's just it reads like a poem it sounds like a poem and it sounds very spoken word yeah yeah and the interesting thing of it is she's not saying dear listener she's saying dear reader which yeah is breaking the fourth wall between her and the people receiving the message and it really reminds me a lot there's a lot of parallels between this song and the reputation era poems mm-hmm. it, it has a lot of yes. that similar yes i forget it's we have okay. actually had some poetry from taylor haven't we yes yeah three poems so far yeah yeah i've totally forgotten about that that when i was banging on about oh i really wish taylor would have a poetry book yeah, yeah. she's released three cameron like come on how did you feel about this song because i i am struggling with it although i do love the message like sonically it's yes. very difficult for me Yes, I totally, totally agree. This one, again, I feel like there's a reason why this wasn't on the standard. Right. Again, I'm not seeing lots of discussion about it. I think weirdly, even though it's a great song and I do enjoy it, it's weirdly hard to digest in a strange way. It's not one that I'm going Mm. back to. It's not one that I feel like is a closer. I'm not really very keen on the fact that it closes out the 3am edition of Midnight's in comparison to like Mastermind, which is like the perfect closer. This one doesn't feel like it wraps up anything or ties up any loose ends. I don't know, I just... I'm not really too sure how I'm feeling about it yet. I think I'm going to need more time with it than a kind of mm. a week because at this moment it's kind of been over a week now. Yeah. Just over a week. And I don't know. I, I'm i not too sure. I think it's a very really heavy sure. song to process from the point mm. of view, especially of us as fans. 
because yes. you know she's given us advice and we've taken it for many many years now and to yeah. have someone be like you should find another i'm not the one to give you the advice but i do think that that's kind of like the intrusive thoughts that we get throughout midnights and that we get a lot of her yeah. insecurities because it's funny throughout all of the verses she's giving us advice she's telling us you know yeah. you're you know bend but snap when you have to just like i have you know you don't have to answer because they ask you you don't have to do this you don't have to do that be careful with this be careful with that and then she comes to the chorus which is so heartbreaking but just don't take advice for me because i'm an unreliable narrator i'm you know, I'm someone who's falling apart, which again reminds me of those reputation poems, darling, if you're anything yeah. like me. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the bridge, which is definitely very, very harrowing. Yes. And I, I think that's why yes. it's so difficult for us as listeners and as fans to process. And even in the outro, though, she does give us that, but it shines so bright. Yeah, it. I think it's difficult because I'm thinking again, maybe reputation, what kind of era is I definitely relate sits. it a lot to the poems that we got pre yeah. you know pre-rep i definitely do I, i'm seeing a lot of parallels and I, I think a lot of people are reading into that as well but mm. yeah it's just so heartbreaking no one sees when you lose when you're playing solitaire because you play solitaire you know tear by yourself yeah yeah it is very sad mm. it is sad yeah it, it i just i don't know i'm really not sure about this one yeah i and think i, I with think time, that, yeah, it's more, more time yeah, yeah we'll, we need to process it and it's hard to process and it must have been very hard for her to write as well. So now we move out of the 3am edition tracks and we move into the Lavender Target Deluxe edition where we have the first and, well, first and last uh, new song, which is Hits Different. How do you feel about Hits Different? I love it. Yeah, I love, love, love it. Taylor, Aaron, Jack, like it couldn't be more perfect. And this is the perfect example of just a, a glitter gel pen song like oh my god it is so fun so upbeat so like so old taylor in the best way yeah ever. i've seen a lot of people and also talk about the fearless speak now we era taylor coming through on this exactly song. that's what it sounds like but i'm feeling like this relates some of these lyrics relates so heavily to 1989 you made a mess of me like with the um clean you're still all over me okay. like waiting for a bus that never shows is giving me new romantics we're waiting for trains that just aren't coming oh my god yes then obviously the little link of like our song which i love and the, i don't know i just and even just the fun lyrics of like i used to switch out all these kens mm -hmm. now i just ghost <laughs> it's just i just love it you're right it has i think it's because it's like this really great pop moment which aaron on pop we love to see it we love to yes. see it. He's it really works. I do think that mm. there's a combination of past Taylors coming together to to Me make too, this song. One hundred percent. It it is like all the old Taylors coming together and like creating this song. And just and then other things that are giving me nine eighty nine vibes. Like I heard your key in the door down the hallway. Is that your key in the door? It's kind of reminding me of like I wish you would of like just wanting them to show up at your door. And yeah. then like the come take me away is like just remind me of take me home and even the way she says it where she says like or have they come to take me away and then she says like to take me away and then goes into the chorus is like just screams like um that final style uh chorus i just love this song so much and i cannot believe that it's only on a target 
I know. It's deluxe CD. I think like, it what? really does equivalent in my head to something like New Romantics, the way it's... Oh, yeah. So it's pure pop and it's such good pop. Exactly. But it, at the same time, it's like hidden away from us in this in Exactly. This it's version. like New Romantics is like the most 1989 track that could yeah. ever happen. And it's and hidden away. the standard. Yeah, it's like on the deluxe version. It's just mental. And that's how I feel about Hits Different. Like Hits Different out of all of these deluxe tracks, I think... Along with would have, could have, should have. To be honest, mm. I and to be fair, as long, as as well as bigger than the whole sky, I kind of feel like these deserve to be standard. Like hits different is so good, so fun, and just so pop. Like that's the pop moment on the album. Like is hits different. I just love it so much, and just it's just fun. like even stupid lines of like I pictured you with other girls in love and then threw up on threw the street. up I yeah just, it's, it's just so yeah. visceral it's, it's just so, so like, dramatic I just, it is I it's a good love song it. it really is yeah but yeah and, and this one I I love because I've been banging on about metaphor all the way through and on this one the bridge literally says I don't need another metaphor it's simple enough you're the one that I loved really like it and I, I love the I love verse like the verse before the last chorus where you mentioned the key in the door and they're like have they come to take me away like am I mental for thinking all these things am I crazy yeah yeah it's so good it's just that final chorus from that like that like to take me away and then oh my love is a lie I just oh it's so fun um I just I really really love this song like generally so much I cannot wait at the moment um, I still haven't got my lavender CD. No, neither have I. Can't wait till I can properly Sadness. get it and properly burn the CD and put it on my um, phone so I can actually properly listen to it. Because at the moment they're holding it off of streaming. I'm not too sure, mm. and they're being really thingy about like even it um, on YouTube, like it's just being taken down. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I'm not too sure whether yeah. they're going. What's going to happen with There's it? There's definitely. A contract going on with Target that is very well done, but also very well protected. And I guess that's why mm. these last three songs I haven't processed as much either, because obviously we yeah. have to listen from links to links to links, yeah. even though we're both waiting on the CDs, which is a shame. But yeah, I, th- I think that's why I haven't completely processed these last three we're going to speak about. Me too. Hits different at the moment. I've probably listened to about 10 times max, which is nothing. Yeah, not that much considering how much. But it is still really standing out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think the more time we have with it, the better it will get, honestly. And that leads us to the last two songs on the whole thing, the whole of Midnight's. We've finally got there, which are the remixed versions of You're On Your Own Kid and Sweet Nothing. For You're On Your Own Kid, we have a string remix version. And for uh, Sweet Nothing, we have a piano remixed version. Now, again, I haven't listened to these much. However, for me, like, I was, I know, I I guess maybe my, maybe I anticipated something different. Like, maybe I had, my standards were high because I was thinking, is this going to be, like, top tier level, uh, state of grace, acoustic version type of remix? Mm. And they kind of fell short for me. Like, it is nice to hear them with more pulled back versions, and I appreciate them, and they have their place. But I'm, I don't find myself really going back to them at the moment. I think there's one word for these two songs and it is pointless. I- Imagine giving a stripped back song a stripped back version. 
It just makes no sense. I like, really thought it was going to be as more gorgeous of a... as it is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I was thinking maybe there's going to be more of this like piano break where it goes me off, too. or maybe or a like different a vocal piano take. track. Yeah, yeah, yeah different, maybe yeah. a different vocal no. take where she's you yeah. know singing in a, a slower like, kind of tempo, like or... state of grace acoustic, or exactly. like forever and always piano version. Like yeah, a proper piano. I guess that's version, what I was expecting some the lakes orchestral version rubbish like it's just not it like it's not it i'm really sorry like it sounds like some weird medieval the mm-hmm. intros sound like i kind of like honestly, that though <laughs> it, i love those oh, it sounds like it's honestly sounds like some strange medieval version and sweet nothing that one i c- literally can't stand like Sweet Nothing is so gorgeous and the production of the standard version is so gorgeous and works so well with the song and the way she sings it. Whereas it just sounds so chaotic and it's not even really a piano or a string. There's so many other instruments and rubbish going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know. It just know. totally distracts you from the song. I just, I think the only redeeming factor is I liked a couple of the kind of vocal harmonies that were a bit more clear. Yes, that is true. That is true. There is more... That there I is did a like. clearness to it. That's why, I mean, like, it's kind of strict-backed, which I get the point of it, so that's kind of nice. But other than that, I do think this was kind of like Target asked for... You know, we want a few tracks. And Taylor said, Track, okay. Yeah, we don't just... like. We're not giving the 3am. We're not giving the 3am tracks, though. <laughs> you can have yeah, hits different, yeah. which is enough, to be honest. Hits different. Oh, I would buy this just the deluxe purely different. just for hits different. I love that song. But I guess she was like, I'm not doing any more vocal takes for these two. You're going to have to... Re- no. Jack, get in there, remix it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What I would have loved was like uh, Alvira remix of like Antihero or something Maybe, like that. Like, yeah. I want like a pop, like one of the pop tracks either should have been stripped, like Maroon Piano, let's say, something like that. Mm. Would have been incredible. Out of They did really remind me of the Speak Now remixes that we mentioned, like they're, mm. they're just there, you know, they're there exactly. and they're okay. Like the, the acoustic, then the US edition. It's just like, what's the difference? What yeah. is the difference? It's just like, yeah. there's no real difference at all. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's a shame, it's not but not really yeah. giving anything. It is a shame because I was kind of excited, but I think so was the I. second I realised that you're on your own and sweet nothing are already kind of calm and shrimp back. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, well what are they going to do? I just wish that I think with remixes and shrimp back versions, I want to hear a song that is very production heavy, like Maroon Question, mm. given a piano version and a proper piano version, like Forever and Always, and then Forever Always pack mm. piano. That's what I want to hear. And then I would have liked an alvira remix of anti-hero where she made it like a proper club hit i would have right. loved that but oh well yeah but I, one I thing agree. that i will say talking mm. about your on your own kid is since our <laughs> recording where i was maybe right. a little harsh i have become obsessed with this song oh, and good. i am already apologizing for my me yep. dissing that track a little bit because i actually really do love it it's still not my favorite track five just no. yet yeah but even within a week or so i'm already loving that track and with that those are all the tracks that we got from the 3am edition plus the lavender deluxe edition which are basically another cd all to themselves do we dare to give our top fives once again like we did last episode this time of yeah i'm, I'm, what I'm ready talk, to give what we've top spoken five. about okay good so go ahead you can go first what are your five okay, so- from these what we've spoken about today okay so these unlike with midnights where i could definitely rank her Number definitely one. say my favorite with maroon yeah definitely these i think are in a random order because okay, at the moment me too. still i'm still very much digesting these a bit more than i am the standards so my top five are definitely would have could have should have paris paris is in there i, I, I love paris hits different 
because that, I just love that song so much. Bigger than the whole sky and the Great War, they're my top five at the moment. What about you? What okay, are your top five? okay. So my top five: the Great War, High Infidelity, mm-hmm. Glitch, Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, Hits Different. Interesting, interesting. So, it's funny yeah. that we cross yeah. over on certain ones and then other ones. We're so I different. put my little pop moment in there. I'm like Paris. Yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> give me the. Uh, High infidelity, give me the heart wrenching. It's funny because this time around yeah. we've gone the other way. We usually, I'm usually more of the give me the little pop love songs, pop love songs, and yeah. you're usually more give me the heart wrenching. Although we do, I, I mean, in general, we do have heart wrenching songs in both of our lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, yeah. And and it is weird. Like I said, it is weird that I was drawn to Paris and have been drawn to Paris because it's not. I think that's lovely. That traditionally, is something. It's not as we know, like the kind of stay, stay, stays of the world are just not. Yeah, they're not typically I'm your like, thing. I'm yeah. normally like, I'm normally the one throwing up in the street. You know, I'm like, nah, not my <laughs> thing. But it's different in Paris. I just love them. I just think, I don't know. I just quite like sometimes just having a fun pop song that has no yeah, real, why not? Kind of deep meaning. It's just yeah. I guess the you last. Know, thing... I'm so in love that I might stop breathing. You know, exactly. Over dramaticness. I guess the last thing that we can talk about, if if we dare, would any of these top five rival or challenge our standard album top five mm, i think would have could have should have mm-hmm. uh, would have could have should have <laughs> it's so hard to say it's like a tongue twister definitely i think has competition i at the moment i wouldn't know what would i would take out i think it's very tough competition i think i would definitely right. have to do one of the kind of song sorters yeah and then from that i would work out myself um, from being kind of put in a situation of you have to pick, you know. But right now, I don't think I could. And I do think hits different with time and probably getting it on my phone and probably being able Might to rival to as well. Mm. Definitely could rival, I think, 100%. Funny enough for me, it's the ones that you left out of your top five, High Infidelity and Glitch. I'm obsessed with them really? at the moment. Uh, and I do think they maybe could rival. I'm not sure which ones, though. Like you said... Mm. It's still very early days. I think we need to sit with it for a bit longer and then perhaps longer, in the future yeah. revisit and give our kind of final, not final, but with, our rankings. Yeah, I think with Glitch, lots of lots of people that are big False God fans are massive Glitch fans. And okay. Are you a False God fan? I, I mean, I don't dislike False God. It's not my favourite on yeah, that's say, I, that's I didn't for think sure. That, I was thinking I didn't think that you were like, because I'm seeing lots of people that are like massive, like False God is like their favourite Taylor song ever. Okay, and, and like Glitch is the one Glitch. for them. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I, Which I is guess, interesting, yeah. I don't know. False God, I quite like False God, but I wouldn't say like mm. I'm a big False God Stand fan. Bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It kind of caught me off guard as well because the three M tracks, High Infidelity and Glitch at the beginning, I was struggling with both of them and now they're my absolute mm. favourite. So like we said, this is very early days. This is very impromptu yeah. in a way. We need to process and then perhaps we'll come back, you know, in a couple of months time and be able to give more of a definitive ranking but yeah, definitely, I'm so grateful that Taylor decided to put out these 3AM tracks into the world because mm. they, they just give so much story. There's, there's so much to them. They're so deep. They're so heart-wrenching. And they're just really, really good. They're really solid. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um, yeah, I just love having the more the merrier when it comes to Taylor songs. For sure. Um, you can never, ever have enough. And yeah, these songs are great. And I will be intrigued to see how in time, hopefully we'll do an album retrospective like we have with Folklore and Evermore. Yeah, and, and we, we can, can... probably have a look at Midnight's. And I think that would be a really interesting to probably then delve back into it 
and then with more time and more kind of growth of the album and seeing the songs you know certain songs get music videos and the performances of certain songs get exactly because it does change your opinion evolving. as you go along oh, yeah. and see how they evolve and how they're sung 100 i remember live yeah yeah for reputation with king of my heart when i saw that live oh. like i loved the song anyway but i was like wow and that song just skyrocketed to like top two right um so yeah i just i think that yeah it'll be the same with midnight this stuff will definitely change and even just like i said with um the track five you're on your own kid already i'm like no actually i was being way too harsh and i've because i forced myself to listen to it and was like no actually what i'm missing stuff like why was i being stupid Mm. um so yeah i think that yeah these songs the 3 a.m will probably digest properly soon and then midnight's track listing and ranking will definitely kind of alter but yeah it is so exciting it's so exciting to have a new taylor album and to have 20 23 technically new songs to digest and fall in love with because yeah it's just they're just so fun and taylor's songwriting and the the versatility i love as well with midnight's is that it definitely it you have really a bit of everything because it does span her whole she's you know she says that you know it's midnight throughout her life i think that it also does then encapsulate all of the different sonic elements of taylor's kind of career you know we're not just kind of staying in the total pop moments you know we've got those pop moments we've got those sad love song moments we've got those kind of very reflective songs and we've just kind of got it all you know and with hits different we've got that old taylor kind of creeping through and then would have could have should have you know we've got the speak now taylor coming through it's mm. it's just yeah i love it that it's kind of this real kind of it's like the, all the puzzle pieces together of taylor and all of her different songwriting elements and abilities you know the gel pens the quill and the out um fountain pen you know it's perfect i really really love midnights and i think the midnights is definitely kind of pushing up the album ranking at the moment i would I not dare to say anything like that at the moment i i re- it's, it's not it's, it's a struggle at for the me moment because it's, not, it's so new so obviously it's yeah, our favorite it's thing pushing, it, yeah, yeah it's not pushing the kind of my favorite favorites but at the moment i can see it i can i'm starting to visualize it you know definitely because at the it always starts at the bottom because obviously you don't know really anything but at the moment it is mm. creeping i'm like oh no i definitely at the moment am preferring it to say this or as an album as a whole i'm like I'm feeling yeah that. so yeah at the moment it's it's interesting i shall be intrigued how it ends up on the ranking i'm seeing some people like rank it like top three two i'm like wow like it's early days I to start you I know making even... big well the, the, the ranking taylor albums in itself is almost impossible for me because Poss- there's none yeah. that like how can i put something at the bottom i just feel terrible mm. but apart from that i just couldn't even I, I couldn't even think about ranking this being so new and so fresh against mm. all of the others i need to sit with it perhaps like you said yeah. in a retrospective or on one of its anniversaries or as we move through time we can look back rank the albums and the track list and and go through them at that point but at the moment yeah i i guess people either hate it because it's new or love it because it's new and there's no in between so with that we've come to the end of this episode we hope you have enjoyed our reactions our opinions on everything please let us know what your opinions were on these 3am tracks and these deluxe tracks did you enjoy them was it all a bit too much for you are you still processing them which one was your favorite We also wanted to say a big thank you for a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It's incredible to have reached such a big milestone. And, you know, we're just, it's it's so nice that it worked out around the time of the Midnight's release. It's really poetic and really, really something that we're grateful for. We're also really excited at the moment and so very grateful for Spotify Podcast's official Instagram to have 
featured us on one of their posts as one of you know the Taylor Swift podcasts who have been commenting on Midnight's and speaking about their excitement for the album release and theories and stuff we could not believe it when we were actually on that post it's we feel so privileged to have been featured by them and very very thankful it's just been a crazy week with Taylor Music with all of these milestones being hit and things going on and yeah we're just very grateful for all of you for listening, for commenting over on YouTube. We love like seeing your opinions and speaking with you. And yeah, thank you so much for everything. And we do hope you've enjoyed our Midnight's reactions. This isn't the end for Midnight's content. We have a lot of cool stuff planned and coming soon. If you did enjoy and you do enjoy the podcast, make sure to rate us on Spotify or Apple Music. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube so you'll always keep up to date with when we're posting new things put notifications on if you never want to miss an episode and we'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.